0: Welcome to the Brown County Hour.
1: Coming to you from the legendary Hills of Brown. Where are the plum purple haze.
2: The one nature herself drapes over the hills and hollers.
3: Inspires local characters, artists, and nature lovers.
2: It's as though the hills themselves
4: conspire to create a beauty and culture in the heart of Indiana.
3: Sit for a spell and hear the music.
4: Tall tales.
3: True stories
0: and current goings-on.
3: Brought to you by folks who still know how to sit by a fire in winter.
0: And swim buck naked in summer.
1: Welcome to episode 130 of the Brown County Hour, this is Sarah Lytle
0: and Dave Seastrom along with the rest of the crew. This month's musical guest is the Top Hat Blues Review and we'll share our interview and three tunes from them that we recorded live in our studio. We also have an interview with Gabriel and Jamie Lehman where they talk about producing art and making friends with
1: crows. We have an essay from Jim Eagleman and Dave Seastrom and I'll continue my series, Coming to Our Senses with a piece called Music to My Ears.
4: The first segment begins with our interview with the band members of Top Hat Blues Review. And we'll listen to their performance of Flip Flop and Fly that we recorded in our studio.
0: my pleasure to introduce the Top Hat Blues Review, who has just treated us to a really hot session of live music here in our studio, and friends, I'm here to tell you, they blew us away. And I'm going to ask everybody to go around and introduce themselves, and then we'll talk about the history of the band.
4: All right. I'm Mark Gravely, guitar player, singer, and chief uh, bottle washer, and do windows as well.
0: Okay. That's right, both. (laughs) (laughs)
4: i'm tony sadler bass player of the band newest member of the band and youngest member of these (laughs) (laughs) these, just just barely distinguished (laughs) gentlemen
3: i'm mike moody i'm playing drums and singing
5: and uh i'm the oldest member of the band and uh we got a sax man his name is hey i'm rick mitchell and i'm uh i'm originally from bloomington i went to bloomington high school south so I've played sax ever since high school in Bloomington High.
0: As I say, this is a very unique situation for us here in the studio. And clearly you guys are, you know, electric musicians. We don't often get that here. So let's talk about the history of the band a little bit.
4: Well, the Top Hat Blues Review has been together 26 years. And Mike has been with me through most all of that rick joined us in like 2008 you know, about, 15 like ago, about 15 years like about 15 years and uh we've played on and off around and we've played down in this area quite a bit and uh then uh tony joined us this summer so he's like i said the new guy and had a lot to learn and he just jumped all over it and it was just has just been wonderful yeah. i do okay when i don't get carried
0: away yeah that's right <laughs> well I think that's uh, universally uh, true. He's excitable. Excitable? But, yeah, you know, he it's okay. is. I could certainly understand the song. excitement. Uh, you guys uh, are really dynamic, and especially in this small studio, I think I'm going to have to like put ice packs on my ears when I get home. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh,
6: damn. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, we try to specialize in that because we had we to play a lot of small venues, it seems like, and yeah. you get outside where it's big, you have to get a sound system, and you have to adjust to that. But we've been doing it a while. Yeah,
0: so. well, you were talking that uh, before COVID, you guys were pretty busy. Uh, are things picking up for you again now?
5: Yeah, before 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 COVID, we were probably oh once a month or sometimes twice yeah. a month. Yeah. You know, okay. And uh, really? and then COVID hit and and uh, it it just went I like it, it, like COVID everybody did right nothing. And then um, the world and, went into a coma. Yeah. Right. The, yes. And then and unfortunately, we our bass player uh, passed away uh, right at the end of COVID and. And um, and since then, we've kind of had a hard time getting our footing and getting into places, you know. Well, we
4: had some different this and that. Tony had a surgery. I had a surgery early spring. And it was like, well, we might as well do this now. Cause, and we got that done. It wasn't any big deal. But uh, just the booking thing is kind of a trick. And a lot mm. of places have gone acoustic and we're kind of electric. Well, and,
0: uh, we noticed that. And, yeah.
4: and love it. So, we're looking. We're gonna see what happens. Uh, we have a Facebook page, just the top at blues review. Okay. We're right there and Mark, so if th-
5: I could add, we also have a, a pretty good YouTube presence also.
4: Yes, yes. Oh, okay. We okay. Uh, we released our first C D in two thousand two. And then the next one came in two thousand fourteen and then we did another in two thousand seventeen. And uh
0: No sense rushing it. Right. Yeah, it's, it's yeah well
4: <laughs> it was like
5: Kind of let it marinate a little yeah. bit.
4: Marinate, yeah, and yeah, as the yeah. money came along,
5: because
4: yeah. that costs lots of money. Yeah. Yeah. So we got them recorded, and uh, it was put up on YouTube by the distributor. And by being in 2002, I don't know if I should say that, CD Baby had just kind of started. Okay. We were on the ground floor. And so they put us all up on YouTube. And by surprise, it was right next to Larry Carlton. And I thought, well, this isn't right. This This shouldn't be... And it's just, but there we were, and we get listens all over the world. It's just like Brazil, Spain. It's like yeah. so, it, it doesn't make the same money. Naubone. That's right, yeah. Yes, we have yeah, that. Yeah,
0: that big fan base in Naubone. Well, yeah.
4: you know, it uh, makes for traffic problems on 46. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> no. you know, it's, it's, and it's a lot of fun. That's, that's the whole key here.
0: Well, I can tell you guys are a bunch of characters. And uh, uh, that comes across in your performance, and I'm sure uh, the fans that come to hear you have grown to appreciate that part of what you do. so what's next? Are you um, hoping to record another album, or what are you what, what do you have in mind?
4: I've got about a half a dozen songs, new ones written okay We've got another half dozen things we We twist stuff because we have to play it four piece and it may be seven or eight piece okay. that we're covering. And so it's like how are we going to do this? Or maybe totally different instrumentation. The Steely Dan song.
6: We don't
0: have a
4: keyboards player.
0: Right.
4: And it's just like okay. I noticed that. I'll I'll play that part and
5: you know, just yeah, kinda We've just put together, uh, uh, we decided we needed a, a good challenge, so uh, we picked uh, Loggins and Messina's uh, Angry Eyes. Their long version is, is like eight or nine minutes long, okay. and it has, uh, it has a long sax solo in it, a long flute solo, long guitar solo in it, and it's a seven or eight piece band. And uh, we've ten-piece, mu- ten yeah. we've pretty much nailed it uh, in in our practice area. Okay. You know? So uh, so we're about ready to bring it out.
0: So you're d- just about ready to relaunch your careers, is that what you're right. telling us? Yeah, yeah well,
4: that's, that's what we're hoping right. for, yeah. we're hoping this show will help. And oh, well. Uh, Hello, Brown County. We would Thank be you delighted. so much for having us. This is kind of my entry into being retired. I'm just thrilled to get to do this. I wanted to spend my time with my wife and my kids and the grandkids and, and visiting friends and, and these guys and some other musicians that met my wife at a band rehearsal 40 years ago, and I still get together with those guys. So as long as I can learn to just slow down and relax
0: a little bit, it'll be all right. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Well, They're
4: all retired. I'm not.
0: Well, I don't <laughs> know what's wrong with this picture, but... That opportunity awaits. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in, sharing your great music and energy. A lot of fun.
4: This is a uh, flip flop and fly, a uh, blues brother's tune, I believe, with Mr. Rick Mitchell on the vocals. Uh, one, two, three.
7: When I get the blues get me a rockin' chair. When I get the blues, gonna get me a rockin' chair. If the blues overtake me, gonna rock myself away from here. When I get lonesome, I get on the telephone. When I get lonesome, I get on the telephone. I call my baby, tell her, get herself away back home. I said, flip, flop, and fly. Don't Don't care care if I die. Flip, flop, and fly. fly.
6: Don't Don't care
7: if I die. die. Don't you ever leave me. Don't you ever say goodbye. Here comes my baby. Flashing a new gold tooth. Here comes my baby, flashing a new gold tooth. Well, she's so small she can mambo in a payphone booth. Like a Mississippi bullfrog sitting on a hollow stump. Like a Mississippi bullfrog sitting on a hollow stump. I got so many women, I don't know which way to jump. I said flip, flop and fly, fly. Don't care if I die. Flip, flop and fly, fly. Don't care if I die. Don't you ever leave me, don't you ever say goodbye. Play it, Mark. kiss and hold it a long long time give me one last kiss and hold it a long long time oh hold that kiss till it runs in my head like wine I said flip flip, flop and fly don't care if I die flip flop and fly Don't care if I die, don't you ever leave me, don't you ever say goodbye. I said flip, flop, and fly, don't care if I die. Flip, flop, and fly, don't care if I die, don't you ever leave me, don't you ever say goodbye. now we pause for station identification
0: you are listening to the brown county hour on volunteer power community radio wfhb at 100.7 in brown county 91.3 and 98.1 in bloomington 106.3 at Ellettsville
2: and online at wfhb.org. Support for WFHB comes from Our Brown County, a magazine for locals and visitors featuring art, entertainment, and county characters since 1995. Printed six times a year and available online. More at ourbrowncounty.com.
8: Segment two kicks off with Jim Eagleman's essay, Winter Bird Feeding. Then we'll listen to the first half of our interview with Gabriel and Jamie Lehman, followed by the Top Hat Blues Review's rendition of Cold Women,
9: Warm Hearts. It took a second look at the bird feeders that morning. Something was different not the normal chickadee, nuthatch, titmouse convention with doves and jays on standby. This time, there was a group of large, chunky birds, yellow and gray shades predominating, with big bills. I stopped to watch, males with females, and it looked like a few juvies, too, and I yelled to Kay, Evening grow speaks, we said in unison. What a treat. Since that first encounter a few weeks ago, we've watched to see if they'd return Absent during mild weather, then to at the onset of a cold spell, they were there again. We knew their appearance here was a bit unusual. And confirming with friends, we began researching behavior along with their winter haunts. Biologists call it an eruption, when a redistribution of a species occurs due to natural causes. It might be from a higher birth rate, followed by competition for food, that results in an influx. Weather, predation, and disease could also explain it. Recent high numbers of purple finches and evening grosbeaks have been moving south from summer homes. Brown County residents who feed birds may have noticed them. I recall evening grosbeaks, known for their thick bills and recognizable head feathers, which, by the way, is not too dissimilar to the University of Michigan football helmets. They arrived at the Nature Center bird observation window a few years ago, We stocked sunflower seed feeders daily for a variety of birds, this year-round attraction giving visitors an up-close look through one-way glass. But it wasn't every winter, or with the predictable cold fronts that I'd see them, they flew in from the nearest open vista, one time arriving at every feeder, noisy and busy, and soon snow flurries flitted down. Unlike the rose breasted grosbeak, an unrelated springtime migrant here, these birds waited for the cold. The evening grosbeak, or EGB to birders, is a member of the finch and old world sparrow families, the Fragilidae, in the order Passiformes. Their length is about 8 inches, wingspan at 14.5 inches, and they weigh about 2 ounces. Its white wing patches are always visible. The massive head for the body, short tail, and short pointed wings are field marks to watch for. But like the name, the big bill, similar to the cardinal, this is the standout. It allows seeds of many kinds to be consumed, the hulls faintly turned, opened, and then dropped as they feed. Quote, the evening grosbeak the, has the largest bill among the North American species in the family, says Sibley in his Guide to Bird Life and Behavior. This edition joins our companion copy of the Sibley Guide to Birds, a large and cumbersome field guide that has been taken on way too many bird outings. Our well-worn copy shows the thick, wavy pages from being dropped in a few creeks. Now we wait to consult both copies when we come back home and opt for something easier to carry. And like most birders with their own preference, we find a small field guide tucked back in the back pocket much better and it leaves our hands free on the binocs. You could do a lot worse than be a bird watcher, says Sibley. And probably other nature authors, birds and particularly winter birds are easy to feed and certainly fun to watch over morning coffee when they feed voraciously at daybreak. But what's missing? Soon a few different feeders with different kinds of seed are added, like thistle and safflower, maybe a suet feeder, then a heated water bowl, and why not a brush pile of discarded branches from windstorms piled nearby, providing the cover needed. And there you have it, food, water, and cover, the necessary ingredients for a successful winter bird feeding program. Often asked what benefits birds derive from feeding them, birders will claim it's more for the joy to see them. Do they become dependent on our daily offerings? If we are away a few days and unable to stock feeders, will they suffer? Birds are far more resilient and resourceful than we might think. When they aren't at our feeders, they resume natural foraging. Supplemental feeding is an addition to what they naturally find. The evening grosbeaks were here from what happened elsewhere in their range. While a temporary bonus for us here in Brown County to see them, it isn't all that unique. Birds react to weather fronts and move where food and conditions are tolerable. Home feeding can help, so why not start your own bird feeding program and look for these beauties this winter? Jim Eagleman for Nature Ramblings and WFHB FM Radio. Thanks for listening. It's my pleasure to introduce Gabriel and Jamie Lehman, who are
0: here tonight to talk about art and crows, which Mm -hmm. may seem like unrelated topics, but in fact they are. Uh, Gabriel so good to see you again Jamie so nice to meet you uh, you've been in here before we were talking about that yes was sir. It four years ago
8: yeah yeah it was yeah. probably about four years ago today.
0: and at that point your art was really taking off and I understand that it's only gotten better.
8: Yeah, it's it seems like uh, like wildfire. that's kind of just taken off, and uh, it's still grassroots and a lot of fun because I still get to interact with my clients, even though they might be overseas. Yeah. Okay,
0: so you have an international business now.
8: Yeah, yeah, we, we have for some time, um, and it that's just that's been of a fun little um, aspect of what I get to you know carry to this tiny little area that we live in which is when i'd start describing it to people that uh i lived on the east coast and stuff like that and they're like oh are you still in india i was like oh yeah i'm in the hills and they're like what does that even mean and then i start describing it's closer to like virginia it's this magical little spot in indiana
0: well there's a kind of an misunderstanding in regards to people who travel through indiana because they travel on the glaciated portion of the state mm-hmm. up north and they have no idea that south central and south uh, indiana is just absolutely a beautiful contoured forested area
8: it is unless you're taking the trash to the road because <laughs> okay. that is quite the travel yeah you're just throwing dice who's going to have to take the trash down to the road this time because we live uh, way up on a hill and yeah, it's a crazy little.
0: uh, uh, We (laughs) love our hills. (laughs) We do. We love our hills. Well, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about your art some. Uh, You you just described it as surreal nature paintings. Yeah. Illustrative
8: surrealism is just, yeah. It's kind of pulling in, you know, what we see around us and, uh, you know, not taking it too seriously, allowing, uh clouds and nature to to take over but you know making it playful and jovial
0: okay well and and that's what i remember in your art is that it's very expressive beautifully done but um surreal is a great uh word for it in a way that uh because your your elements of realism are there but Mm -hmm. you've obviously feel free to interpret what you see.
8: Absolutely. You know, and I don't use visual references typically. Um, I I like to just kind of paint from my memory because this world that I've constructed, it it has has some of its own rules, but it's definitely based off uh, the rules of our own personal existence and nature, you know, obviously we live... Uh, in the woods. So, I mean, that's our influence. And a lot of days, my wife is the only person I see. So, you know, I use all my words up on her usually.
0: Well, uh, it probably goes both ways. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So are you primarily selling original pieces or are you also selling prints?
8: So we sell a lot of prints as well. um, And that's been a part of the business that I have uh, handed over to my wife. She's really good at paying attention to detail and, and, you know, really making sure that everybody's taken care of, uh, in the moment. Wherein if I am in charge of trying to get prints out, I'll fall into a painting and get lost for two or three days and be like, Oh my goodness. Well, we sold a lot of prints. I don't even, so my wife has actually, uh, started working with me and, uh, has taken over all that. So you can thank Jamie for having online delivery
0: Okay. Well, while we're talking about online, I assume you have a website or a Facebook page?
8: I do. It's just my name, gabriellayman.com. And yeah, we do international shipping. Obviously, we do international shipping when all of this kicked off the international side of it. um, I didn't have international shipping set up. And I had, uh, my website was overrun with emails from other countries and i was like I, I don't even know what's happening and um she was like you're on reddit uh i was on the front page of reddit and i didn't know what a reddit was <laughs> and it's a website i guess uh, but anyway no that's just just continue that was like the the push of the snowball and it's just continued to and uh, we end up selling originals around the world and you know trying to figure out international shipping and stuff like that it has been on her because I do the colors. I'm dyslexic. I barely read. Like my wife handles all of my email correspondence and all these different things like that. I'm a, hey, let's get in front of each other. Let's have a conversation and let's get it sorted out. But if it's written word, that's my wife handles all that.
0: She's brilliant at it. Sounds like a marriage made in heaven. To it me. certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so happy for both of you. But all right. So how... How do crows fit into this Ooh, equation? crows. Yeah,
8: that's interesting. So we called it uh, Jamie's – what was it? Go ahead.
10: The Corvid 19 Project.
8: Corvid 19 <laughs> Project, right? So Corvids are uh, blue jays, right. crows, and ravens, and they're uh, highly intelligent animals. And um, Lucius, who's a fox – we named him Lucius um, – he comes by to check on our chickens all the time to make sure that they're safely in their run and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, so Jamie, uh, started going out and taking him scraps, uh, cause it was the hard winter months and things like that. And the crows found out, Hey, this is where this little ding dong's eaten. And then it started swooping and like die bombing them and scaring off the, uh, the Fox so that they would start eating. And that's when my wife was like, Oh my goodness they're amassing and i think we have a family of crows that were taking care of i started painting them um because
0: they're just really because that's what an artist does well yeah that's what you would do yeah (laughs) Yeah, right so i started painting the
8: crows yeah and and Lucius and Umbra, it's a, it's a fox couple. So, you know, I, I started doing paintings of them and they've been wildly successful in the way of uh, originals and prints. But uh, really that was always all spurred from Jamie's obsession with crows. She's always loved crows.
2: We'll be back with more of our interview with the Lehmans in our next segment.
4: Cold women with
3: the warm hearts. One,
6: two, three. <laughs>
3: With your warm heart Now you're my kind of woman Go women with your warm heart Now you're my kind of woman You got a woman that's cold Nine times out of ten Little girl can't be stole. If you got a woman that's hot as fire Right soon you might kiss your baby bye-bye Cause if she's hot and she knows she's hot You just can't beat her with what you got Cold women with warm, warm hearts Well you're my kind of woman Cold women with warm, warm hearts You're my kind of little girl You got a woman that's hard to get Nine times out of ten the little girl
6: She'll stay with you
3: Got a woman that runs every man she hits. When you get home, she might be done spinning. If she lingers long enough, wave bye bye, a good, good stuff. Cold women with warm hearts, Where well, you're my kind of woman. Cold women with warm hearts, my kind of little girl. Call your family doctor Cause you're gonna get hurt If you've got a woman That loves a and grin But if she might sit with you Until the end you got a woman Can't count on her fingers and toes No telling how many men She's been exposed Cold women With warm, warm hearts. hearts Well you're my kind of woman Cold women With warm hearts My kind of little girl, yes
4: you are
7: Now we pause for station identification.
0: You are listening to the Brown County Hour on Volunteer Powered Community Radio, WFHB, at 100.7 in Brown County, 91.3 and 98.1 in Bloomington, 106.3 in Ellettsville, and online at WFHB.org.
2: Support for the Brown County Hour comes from listeners like you and the support of the Brown County Inn, a family-friendly getaway destination located in Nashville, Indiana, offering locally sourced food, drinks, and live entertainment with banquet space, indoor-outdoor pool, miniature golf, and more. Information and booking available at browncountyinn.com. Our final segment begins with the second half of our interview with the Lehman's. Sarah Lytle shares another essay in her series, Coming to Our Senses. This one is called Music to My Ears. Dave Seastrom has an essay about hard times in Brown County, and we'll close the show with the Top Hat Blues Review performing the song, Pretzel Logic.
0: Well, uh, Jamie, do you name your crows? Do you have individuals that you talk to?
10: <laughs> Just one, yes. Um, so we have a, a crow that has a broken leg, and um, she showed up about, uh, in about April, mm-hmm. and um, so she was just kind of hopping on one leg. And we reached out to um, our friends at the Indiana Raptor Center, okay. just right here around the corner. Right here. And they had some great information for us, kind of the, the foods to feed her and, and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, that if she, if she doesn't want to be caught, that she won't be caught. So, and they did let us know that um, there are several birds that can live happily with one leg. In the wild, okay. um, so it was, since I was providing food for her, um, I'm I'm out there about five times five times a day checking on her. I feed her three times a day with fresh water. And,
0: well, you've mentioned and, her several times, and you said she has a name.
10: What yes. It? Oh, it's Raja. Raja, so, um, and that's that's a, a boy's name. But it, I named her after the um, the the tiger in Aladdin, okay. um, because it's, it's this faithful companion and protector. And I know that she would, she would definitely dive bomb anybody that, <laughs> that, that, came after me. So I, and I think it's a female, um, it's hard to tell, but by, based on, by, based on her size, um, I think that she's likely a female.
0: How is Raja's leg doing?
10: It, she still has a limp. Um, it didn't fall off, which I was I was told that it, it's possible that it could have just fall off. Um, and it didn't. Um, it looks like maybe the f- the bones have fused back together. But okay. it still kind of hangs funny. And she just hops. So she doesn't walk like other crows do. She just kind of hops around.
0: So, okay. So Raja shows up. She's got this bum leg. You nurse her back to health. You You have other crows that show up because you're feeding the foxes. How many crows are we talking about now?
10: Um, well, right now we have a group of six. Okay. So it, it was three for a while. Um, and then there were more babies and then some took off for the winter because they're semi-migratory. Okay. Um, so the the least we've ever had is two. We had one couple that stuck around. Um, and then we had three because they had a, a baby. Um, and then that one stuck around because sometimes they can help their parents with the new Eggs, um, so the their familial bonds are are very close, so they can they can help raise the the new babies. So then we had three, and then we were actually up to twelve. Um, but then we heard some gunshots, unfortunately, next door, um, and then there was a commotion. So I'm afraid that someone might have been doing target practice, which breaks my heart. But thankfully, Raja's is okay, okay. Um, and we still have a group of, of eight. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, mm-hmm. but we do still have eight. And so I'm out there um, three times a day with with peanuts and and chicken livers and puppy kibble and and all that that kind of stuff. So we Mm -hmm. like to give them a... Nothing uh,
0: but the best. Yeah, Uh, right. uh, I have
10: a a crow food budget. So
0: I have read that crows will sometimes gift their humans with objects. Do they do that for you?
10: Absolutely. Um, I have received over 250 presents from micros
0: 250. It's yes. a box, y'all. So I, okay. I started... Yeah, what do they bring you?
10: Oh, all kinds of things. So when I started feeding them, um, what started it all, I had read a book by John Marsluff And he, he had done a an experiment on how crows can recognize human faces. So it's the classic, the caveman um, experiment, the mask that they would put on and then kind of bother the crows. And and then if they took off the mask and then they could walk around and they wouldn't, the crows wouldn't bother them or mob them. But if they had that mask on, then they would all flood in for years. So that shows that they were passing that information as this is somebody that isn't nice to us. So then it was Mm -hmm. more and more groups that would come and attack this person. Um, So, I, I was sold knowing that they recognize human faces that blew my mind and I had always wanted to be able to feed crows and befriend them and all of that and it wasn't until we were sitting out all the food for Lucius the fox that then I started noticing crows so that I jumped on it and it was it happened to be during COVID-19 okay. so I was working from home so I was able to be out there all day every day um, my, my schedule was very flexible so anytime I had a five minute coffee break I would be out front um, and I shake the um, I shake a tub of food so they can hear it and all will come hat. in um, so that's, you call that's their signal. your crows yes mm-hmm. the dinner bell the right. dinner bell um, so they have brought me um, everything from some of my favorites one of the very first presents they brought me was um, they were really going big for the first one they brought a a rabies dog tag from a dog's collar wow um, <laughs> and and of course the first thing Gabriel said was where's the rest where's of the, the dog yeah. of the <laughs> oh, okay. no, one, man, no dog was okay. harmed. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 hopefully not right. hopefully not and another favorite is a Um, a headlight from a car they bring little scraps of. well they've brought me a lot of carpet so carpet fibers have been the 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 most that they that they've brought me um it's for your nest yeah for to make my nest nice and cozy I think they've brought me things for like strings and carpet Do,
0: do they leave these objects in the same place
10: they do. Um, it's yeah. about a three-foot radius area that we keep clear. Um, that's just on the ground where we put their food and water, and they typically leave the the stuff right next to the water bowl, <laughs> and and a lot of Kit Kat wrappers, anything that's fun and shiny, a right. lot of glass, um, so and some metal, and you know anything that that's shiny and they think that I might like.
0: Well, you've only named one.
10: Well, <laughs> one oh, was Colonel goodness. Fluffy Pants for a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because Colonel he was fluffy so,
0: kids. he found that degrading, and he's the one that flew. South. Yes, I'm, oh, pretty, south. Sure, I'm okay, pretty
10: sure. I'm pretty sure he wasn't having it anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, since they're so hard to tell apart, um, and of course we can only tell Raja apart, but Colonel Fluffy Pants, he was. Uh, it was before he came into all of his adult feathers. He was a juvenile, so okay. he they have these really fluffy feathers, and it's it's really cute. So, but then he grew into his adult feathers. So.
8: They crash land. When When they're they're young, you want to watch a young crow try to land. It's hilarious. It's more like a duck and roll situation.
0: (laughs) Well, our crows go, ah, ah. Right? So you get far enough south and the crows go, "Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh uh-uh, uh-uh. But they're crows. Uh And you look at them and it's the most maddening thing in the world. You'd be just about to do something and a crow will see you and go, "Uh uh-uh. (laughs) <laughs> that's amazing and they they
10: can mimic sounds um well
0: and i wonder if that's
10: learned behavior it yes. is and and they have different dialects um through like in different family groups and um typically so so crows can talk like a parrot um they're capable of doing that with their two sets of vocal cords but um it's usually Captive crows that have been rehabilitated okay. that can that they they learn to speak. So it's not typically crows in the wild. So nobody's
0: but, calling you Jamie.
10: Well, not yet. <laughs> but R- I have been working has. with Raja, so um, I've limited my vocabulary. When I go out every morning, I'll just say, "Oh hi, oh hi," and um, I I thought I I, I thought it's I was just... hearing things the first time I heard, "Oh." And I thought maybe it was a neighbor or something. And then I told Gabriel about it. I was like, maybe I'm going crazy. And then I had him come out with me and, and she has every once in a while, it's not every time, but she'll see me and she'll say, Oh, Oh. Nice. Mm -hmm.
6: (laughs)
0: Nice. It's really interesting. Well, it's wonderful that you have developed this relationship with these birds. We, We have crows. I mean, there are Mm -hmm. a lot of them in Brown County. But our our crows don't really take us personally, probably because we don't feed them the way you do.
10: (laughs) (laughs) They love boiled eggs. So that's a tip, folks. If you
0: want to make friends with crows, bribe them. Yes, absolutely.
10: I am not above bribing bribing anybody for (laughs) friendship. Well, there you go.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story and uh, both stories, actually. And I'm. So happy that you found each other and that you're forging this great life in Brown Mm -hmm. County. And not only is the art world appreciative, but uh, a murder of
1: crows. (laughs) (laughs) She's killing it. Thank you so much. (laughs) She's killing it. She's She's killing it. (laughs) Hi, this is Sarah Lytle. And this is my second piece in the series, Coming to Our Senses. It's called Music to My Ears. In December, I introduced the word Aesthesia, perceiving with the senses, and I spoke about smell. This time, I'll touch on hearing, sounds and silence. My father appreciated the quietude of nature and requested no music at his funeral. Owls hooting, squirrels barking, fish jumping, wind in the trees. That's music to my ears, he'd say. His workdays were filled with hammers, saws, stone-cutting tools, as he built from foundation to roof, inside and out. I loved being in the woods with him. Would you think about putting a period at the end of a sentence? That was my cue to shut my mouth and open my ears. <laughs> he taught me to listen to the sound of snow falling and hear that moment when it changes to rain, and to the sound of silence. A lot of my growing up time was spent in the woods, staying within hollering distance. I guess we call these woods hills and hollers for a reason. When we were too rowdy to use our indoor voices, the directive was, take it outside. The Wise Millers had a pole-mounted dinner bell that carried sound farther than a person could holler. We all heard when it was supper time, and I learned to whistle my tomcat home because I couldn't yell, Here kitty, 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 here spook, loud enough. Some winter nights I'd walk over the hill to sit in the silence of a dark woods and listen to the songs of the ice on Tanner's Creek. It would groan and ping as the creek froze with the promise of thicker ice on Schneebelt's pond the place of neighborhood skating and hockey, and wintertime outdoor crackling fires. Now that's music to my ears. For most of us, the first sounds we heard were the rhythmic heartbeats of our mother. Babies can sense sound in the womb. Inuit peoples refer to this as the time of being under the ice. Fresh-born infants respond to music, and by the time they're toddling about, They can sing simple songs and even make them up. When we sing, our pupils dilate, our vocal cords vibrate, and so do some of our bones. Hum with your mouth closed and sound travels through the inner ear directly to the skull and even the sternum. We listen with our bodies, not just our ears. Helen Keller, who listened to music through vibration, remarked, I have found deafness to be a greater handicap than blindness. Every culture on our planet makes music. Usually drums, flutes, and songs are crafted first. When some musicians play, it's like the spirit of life plays through their entire body, and they become as much an instrument of sound as the one they're holding. Music is a mood shifter, a healing balm, I've witnessed residents in the fog of Alzheimer's come alive when graduate students from Ball State Music Department played for them. Feet tapped, bodies rocked, hands directed the music of the moment. Music to their ears and their bodies. Sound is all around us and within us. Why don't snow blowers and leaf blowers have mufflers? How can people sleep with a TV or radio on constantly bathing the ears with outside stimulation? It behooves me. Be kind to your ears. Control the volume and content that you subject them to. Make time for moments of silence and meditation. Take time to be the passive observer, allowing thoughts and sounds to come and go, like weather. Listen softly. Listen in. Silence can be golden. It's now January. Christmas sing-alongs and carols are silent. But your world doesn't have to be. Ring in the new year with laughter and songs that release endorphins and oxytocin. Dose yourself with a little bit of feel-good. I will be. I'll be enjoying a 44-year tradition with my BC friends, that's before children, for a full day of good food, live jams, and a rowdy rendition of the Hokey Pokey. Now that's music to my ears and my whole body, too. I'll turn myself around.
0: Here in Hill Country, we survived the great winter storm of 2022, and we're beginning a new year by looking forward to everything that comes with it. The first time this episode will air is on New Year's Day. This has happened only once before, and I'm taking it as an auspicious beginning for 2023. Brown County folks held up pretty well during the polar vortex. As country people, we know that we have to take responsibility for ourselves, just as those who came before us did. We have an advantage of central heat and electricity, but we also know that the power frequently goes out when it's windy and cold. And for the most part, we're prepared to ride it out, when the inevitable happens. On the day before the big storm hit, I was thinking about the advantage of having a decent weather forecast that gave us plenty of warning. From the looks of that day, there was no way to tell that we were about to be pummeled with icy snow and temperatures below zero. Our predecessors would have had no warning, and it's likely that many of them were caught unawares when storms like this came rolling through. Without advanced warning, they would have had to survive with the food they had on hand and whatever firewood they'd put up for the winter. Because we knew that was coming, we were able to stock up on food and fuel, which gave us a distinct advantage over our forebearers. Even so, the way I picture it, their lives were tough by today's standards, but they existed in nature and they were well aware of what it takes to survive a long, cold winter. In many of the interviews I've done with the old timers the one refrain I've heard over and over again is, "We were poor, but we didn't know it because everybody lived the same way." This is something to think about: when abundance is relative, and measured with the prosperity of others, it's easy to feel satisfied with what you have; the true measure of abundance is having enough, and during the hard times when every meal was a challenge. And the winter was raging. A full belly was a reason enough to celebrate, and no one took this for granted. After the clear-cut, Brown County became a barren wasteland, devoid of large game. There was no such thing as a job, and most folks had never seen money. Instead, they bartered for goods and services. So, any skill you might have was traded for the skill that you needed, and anything you grew was traded for what you didn't. Sam Fritch was born on Possum Trot during the raging snowstorm a hundred years ago this January. His great-grandfather, Doc Fritch, drove through the snow from Unionville in a horse and buggy and delivered Sam and his twin sister. Sam told me that everyone knew Doc Fritch because he delivered half the people in the county. That was true a hundred years ago, but a lot has changed since then. The brown county Sam knew was much different than the reforested county we live in now. Sam recalled seeing what was left of the giant tree stumps from the old forest, and he heard the tales of hunting deer and turkey, but none of these creatures existed during his childhood. As a small boy, his contribution to the family was hunting rabbits and squirrels for the table, and he was set out into the bush with a tiny handful of bullets with strict instructions not to waste a single shot. His family was better off than many because they had a dairy farm. The reason they could keep a few cows and barter with the milk they produced was because they had a deep, hand-dug well that kept the milk cool enough to store. Sam recalled helping his mother at the tomato canning factory on Bear Creek. His job was hauling firewood and keeping the fires burning. The women boiled the sauce, washed the jars, and saw to the canning. They could profit from this enterprise because the very train line that hauled the forest away some 40 years before made it possible to sell their canned goods in Indianapolis. When our weather turns rough and the winds howl and the power goes out, I think of times past and what our hardy predecessors did to survive. And you know what? I think we have it pretty good. In fact, we're lucky to live in a time where we can choose to be in the outback and still have the comfort of modern civilization. Not so long ago, on the very ground where we live, this was not the story. And as I reflect on the new year, it's also appropriate to remember where we came from. This is Dave Seastrom. See you next time.
4: This is a uh, song by Walter Becker and Donald Fagan, better known as Steely Dan. It's called Pretzel Logic. Whoa.
3: In a traveling, it's show Cause I'm dying to be a star Make them laugh I Sound just like a record On a, a phone ground. Those days are gone forever Over a long time ago But I plan to find a time I have never met Napoleon But I plan to find a time Cause he looked so fine Up on that hill To tell me he was lonely He's lonely still Those days are gone
6: forever Over a long time ago
3: Where did you get those shoes Where did you get those shoes Well I see them on the TV on
6: movie
3: show They felt in time to change it I just don't know These days are gone forever Over
6: a
0: Thanks for tuning in to episode 130 of the Brown County Hour. This show was recorded in our studio at the History Center here in downtown Nashville and brought to you the first Sunday of every month at 9 a.m. and the following Wednesday at 6 p.m. and anytime online. Be sure to look for us on your favorite streaming services.
6: Happy New Year! The
3: Brown County Hour is brought to you by a diverse group of folks who believe, now more than ever, the world is for everyone.
0: This show was produced by Chuck Wills,
1: Pam Raider,
0: Rick Fettig,
1: Vera Grubbs, Sarah Lytle,
0: and Dave Seastrup. We would also like to thank Slats Klug for our theme music.
2: You have been listening to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from deep in the woods of Brown County, Indiana.
4: Celebrating the arts, culture, and nature that make this such a unique community.
8: Visit us online at browncountyhour.com.
2: The Brown County Hour is a production of WFHB.
8: Volunteer-powered, listener-supported
3: community radio for South Central Indiana. Take me back, back to my home, Brown County. Home